good to us, isn't he? God is faithful. God is merciful. God is gracious to us. And I'm glad to be in his house this morning on the second Sunday of January. Uh, We are beginning our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I ask that you um, pray about what God would lead you to do and how he would lead you to participate during this time Um, The 21 days of prayer fasting will end on Sunday, January 31st, and on that day we will celebrate uh, Holy Communion together, the Lord's Supper together, as part of the worship service that morning as we conclude the time of prayer and fasting. I pray this will be a time that we will allow God to clear our minds and clear our hearts, and um, as we sacrifice It causes us, it forces us, it gets our attention. And I pray that when our attention is is, uh, gotten, that it will be turned to God in prayer and in Bible reading and in hearing from the Holy Spirit. So I pray that it will be a blessed time for each one of us and as a corporate body. The Daniel fast is what we're advocating. There are different fasts that uh, are scripture, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. But the Daniel fast is either a 10-day or a 21-day fast time of vegetables, fruits, and water, and uh, that's kind of the essence of the Daniel Fast. There are resources available in the lobby uh, for you if you want to get that can show some other things that can be helpful. I think there's certain nuts and certain things that, that can be used to supplement within the Daniel Fast, but I hope and pray you'll participate, and I hope and pray that it will be a very meaningful time in your life. I want to thank you this morning. Uh, Last week, we mentioned the need of um, Tuesday's table, and uh, our church is going to be doing Tuesday's table uh, once a month, and um, we put it out there last week. If anybody wanted to give and and help with that, it's meals to the needy. Uh, Typically, um, 175 meals usually approximately go out uh, when we do those Tuesday's tables, and um, this service alone last Sunday morning, I was blown away gave something over $600 just to Tuesday's table. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I think, yes. Uh, the, the next service, they also gave to Tuesday's table. There were other donations that came in throughout the week, and I think I'm probably safe in saying that somewhere approximately $1,000 probably at this point has come in. Uh, to go towards the Tuesday's table. So that will put us a long ways. That will cover several months' worth. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And what a joy to think that somebody will get a meal taken to them at their house. They can open up and and eat it, and we're part of that. Amen? I love that. I love it. So thank God for that. I want to preach this morning maybe a little differently than I normally do. I don't know. I don't plan to get too animated, too wound up. I want to take my time. Usually I make an outline and and I speak from the outline and speak a little more extemporaneously. Uh, Today I scripted it out. There were just a lot of things on my heart and um, I had a different sermon that uh, I was ahead of the game. Monday I made my sermon slides, I I made the sermon outline and I had it all finished. I was ready to go. Um, But after hearing and seeing things this week and, and where the world is at, Um, I put that on pause, and we'll come back to that. It was actually going to be a sermon about vision and about where the Lord is taking us as a church and about some things for us to do over the next three years to invest in the next 
30 years and for future generations and future impact. But today was just not the day for that sermon. So I think we might do that in a few weeks. But it's, it's ready. Whenever I get to preach that, I'll be ahead of the game that week, won't I? I already have it finished, right? But the Lord changed my heart and changed my mind. And I, I want to just take my time and let's talk about some things this morning. I want to talk about the word courage. The word courage. Now, Sister Allison and Pastor, they must be coming to the 11 o'clock service this morning. Uh, but I was going to say, if you enjoy the sermon this morning, you can, you can come and tell me and pat me on the back. But if you don't enjoy it, you can complain to Carol Allison for it. Uh, at our Thursday service, she brought up this word courage. And uh, it stuck in my mind. And the next morning when I got up, I knew that there was going to be a pivot in what I was going to preach to you this morning. Courage. We need courage. Just say that word with me, would you? Courage. This past week, we saw the deadliest day in the United States during this global pandemic. The deadliest day occurred this past week. We also saw the United States Capitol building breached in a massive way for the first time in over 200 years. We need courage. Unemployment numbers came out this past week. 9.5 million jobs have still not returned to this economy since the beginning of this pandemic. We need courage. I look around and I see people of older generations. I see people of younger generations. And we all share similar feelings. What are those feelings right now? Uncertainty, disillusionment, confusion, hurt, anger, and fear. Would it be right for me to say this morning that in a lot of ways we don't know who to believe and who not to believe? But I do know this, I can believe the God's word. I truly believe that some people thought that 2021... And perhaps I had this mindset a little bit too, I don't know, that it would arrive and these problems would just kind of disappear. We blamed it all on 2020, didn't we? <laughs> but 2021 has come and we're still dealing with a lot of problems. In fact, you might say, Pastor Greg, we are 10 days into 2021 I've had my trial, I've, I've had my free subscription, I'd like to cancel it now. I don't know if anybody feels like that or not. Here at NCOG, we ended last year, we ended 2020 talking about the word hope. We must remind ourselves daily about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That hope, our hope, should then propel us to another word, another concept that I'm going to preach about probably the next three weeks, and that's this word and this concept of courage. We have hope. We preached and talked and sang and spoke and shared scriptures and all those things for the last two months about hope. And now that we know that we have hope, now that we've been reminded that we have hope, now we can take courage in that Hope, the world around us has not changed, but neither, neither has God changed. And that hope should propel us to courage. 
What is courage? Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Sometimes we think that we don't have courage because we have fear or we're maybe frightened or, or nervous about something, but courage overcomes those feelings. The feelings might be there, but courage propels us over those feelings to continue to live, continue to act. Courage is the strength in the face of pain and grief. And there is a godly biblical courage that we can all have. There is a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will give us power and strength and courage. There's different types of courage. There's physical courage and social courage. There's moral courage. There's emotional courage. And there's spiritual courage. One word that comes to mind when we think about courage is tenacity. Boy, we need some tenacity right now, don't we? Another concept when I think about courage is mental or moral strength. That strength to resist opposition. That strength to resist danger. That strength that propels us through, takes us through hardship. Courage implies firmness of mind, a mindset, and courage implies a will in the face of danger and opposition. Now, we talked about last week, if you remember within the sermon, that concept of, of willpower, of saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to make a difference. By the act of my will, I'm making a conscious decision. Courage will help us have willpower willpower to be who Christ has called us to be regardless of the world that is around us. I'm telling us this morning, we can take courage. When I looked up on the, the great search engine of Google, when I looked it up and said, what causes courage? Here's what came up first. What causes courage? According to Google, self Confidence causes courage. So I read that and I thought, no, it's stronger than that. It's better than that. Sorry, Google, I'm going to modify your search result. It's not self-confidence that causes courage. It's God-confidence that causes courage. And when I have my confidence in God, then I can know in myself that I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. God, confidence, will give us courage. Then I looked as I was looking through there at Google and it said courageous people believe in themselves. And I thought, well, no, we can do a little better than that too. It's not so much that courageous people believe in themselves, but courageous people believe in God. And when I believe in God, then I can believe that God can work in me and through me, and I can be who He has called me to be. I can do what He wants me to do. I have a God confidence and a godly courage. The story of Esther in the scriptures is probably one of the best stories of courage. And over the next three weeks, we're going to go through that little book of Esther tucked away in the Old Testament. 
if I may be so brazen to assign you some homework this morning, I would encourage you during this week to go into the Old Testament and find that little book of Esther. And if you would read it this week, it would be a great supplement, a great jumpstart on the sermon series, Take Courage, over the next three weeks. I could make a little chart up here and put your name on it, and if you come in next week and you've read it, I'll put you a star. No, Maggie said I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> Esther 4 and 14 is a theme verse that we can take this with us on this series to take courage. This is what Esther's uncle said to her, for if you remain com completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will still arise for the Jews, but it'll be from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I've been saying it now for months, I guess, that this is a strategic time for the church of the living God. This is a strategic time for every Christian. It is not a time for us to give up. It's not a time for us to break down. It's not a time for us to be nervous and fearful. It is a time for us to be salt and light to this world around us like never before. God will still use us we might think the world is falling apart. We might think things are headed in the wrong direction, but God still has a people. And God will still use us. This is our time. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. There's some things I wanna talk about this morning that if God is gonna use us and we are gonna be the very best we can be in this world in which we live there's some concepts and just some things I want to discuss. The first one is compassion. Compassion. We need what I'm calling this morning a courageous compassion. What is compassion? It's simply care for others. Who is the greatest example of compassion? It's the, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I love in the scriptures, I love all through the New Testament when the, when the writers will say Jesus being moved with compassion. He was motivated by compassion, by concern for others. And now more than ever as children of God, we need a courageous compassion. Can I tell you, everybody is not gonna look like we look. Everybody's not going to act like we act. And everybody's not going to be friendly. Some people are going to be downright hateful and mean. But now more than ever, we need a courageous compassion. Compassion should be the trademark of the people of God. Love should be the trademark of the people of God. How will we reach this world around us? I think one of the biggest steps will be for them to see the love of Christ in our lives and coming out of our lives. Courageous, compassion. Esther, who we're gonna preach about in more detail over the next few weeks, exhibited such compassion for her people. Esther had it made. 
Esther had been selected as the newest queen. Esther had the access to all the riches and all the power of that known world, but she risked it all because she had courageous compassion, love for her fellow man, for her fellow Jews. Compassion is going to propel us, is going to cause us at times to need to be maybe even a little vulnerable, to reach out that hand of love, to, to go to where someone is, take a little bit of a risk, a, a vulnerability. Compassion is going to, at times, cause us to need to be truthful with love. Speak the truth with love. I'm reminded that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We must live the truth, speak the truth, be the truth, but it needs to be packaged with a courageous compassion because we love the people who we're trying to reach for the cause of Christ. If you believe it, say amen this morning. The word courage comes from a Latin word and, and it means being able to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. Are we able to tell the story of who we are in Christ with our whole heart so that others might be inspired to a relationship with Christ? That leads me to something else I want us to talk about this morning, is, and it's this. It's courageous conversation. Courageous conversation. I know the enemy would love to silence the church, wouldn't he? He would love to silence the message of the gospel. He has tried throughout all of world history. But he will not be successful. Can I just share with us this morning as a church that in church history, during the times of the greatest persecution, the greatest moves and spreads of the gospel occurred. We might look around in this world and we might say, quickly, quickly, the Antichrist attitude is taking a hold. Quickly, quickly, the tide is turning seemingly against the message of Christ. But I propose to us this morning that during times of the greatest persecution have been the times when the gospel has been the most effective and has spread the largest. I'm not afraid of what might happen in this world I know my God and I know his track record. I'm part of his church and I'm going to be protected. And so I can speak up and I can speak out and I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to compromise the word of God. I don't have to zip it. I don't know if you can say that to your students anymore. Zip it. Button it. We don't have to do that. We can speak out in truth and in love and not compromise the word of God. Let me say some things about our conversations, about our words. Words matter. 
Amen? Words matter. Words carry influence. People are listening to what we say and they're acting on it. And words impact those who are listening around us. We need to learn how to communicate with one another again. Learn how to communicate in a way that brings out the best in others. Communicate in a way that brings others closer to Christ. We need to offer our best to others. We need to offer Christ to others. Is this timely this morning? Is it just me or is this all right? I want to ask some questions this morning. I want you to think about these questions today. Am I able to communicate who I am in Christ? This is an individual question. Am I able to communicate who I am in Christ? Am I able to do this with my whole heart, with with courage? Let me ask a follow-up to that. Do I have the courage to communicate who I am in Christ? Do I have the courage to do that? Do I have the courage to be vulnerable enough to engage in courageous conversations with those around us? You know, we talk about Christ. We engage others about the gospel. We take a stand for Christian principles. It puts us sometimes in a vulnerable spot. What do I mean by that? It means we get nervous. Do you ever get a little nervous? Let's just be honest. We don't know how the person will respond. Maybe someone's talking about something and we need to, in, in love and in truth, correct it and, and provide a biblical perspective. We put ourselves in a vulnerable place because they might come back at us and say, you be quiet, right? But are we vulnerable enough, courageous enough to be vulnerable and to speak the truth in love and have the conversations that need to be had? Now more than ever, The world around us needs to hear from the church. I thank God for what happened in March. No, I'm not thankful necessarily for a pandemic. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thankful that because of the internet and social media, we were able to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to a much larger audience than we ever were before. Isn't that amazing? During a time... When the doors of this church, of this building, were actually closed, we were actually ministering in word and song to more people than we were before the doors had closed. Isn't that amazing? I thank God for that. And that didn't happen just here in Nortonsville. It happened all over the country. I, I, I have to believe that God was at work and saying, I'm trying to propel my message outside of the four walls. And one thing that's on my heart as a church and as a body as we come back in and we've been able to to worship together again, I don't want to forget that, hey, there's a lot of ministry out there. And our mandate is to reach the world that is around us. And God help me, I don't want us to come and just start ministering to each other and forget about those who need to hear this message the most. We need to have conversations about Christ, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it's on a blog, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with family. We need to talk about the truth of 
the gospel. And finally, what is all of this that I'm talking about? We need to have courage and be courageous simply in Christ. In Christ. We can have hope in Christ. We can see this world become a better place because of Christ. Listen to me this morning. It's so easy to get distracted. So easy to get disheartened. So easy to get despondent. It's so easy to get just flat out angry, isn't it? We must stay on point. We must stay on message. What's the point? What's the message, pastor? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a God who loved us so much, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for the sins of all the world. It is Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again on the third day. It is Jesus Christ who I, you, the whole world can accept into our hearts and into our lives and have a personal relationship with him. It's Jesus Christ who is coming again. What is the point? What is the message that we must stay on? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to close just reminding us of some high points of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to go with me to Matthew chapter 5, and I want us to read the Sermon on the Mount this morning. I want us to reflect on the Beatitudes. This is Jesus' sermon. This is Jesus speaking. And this is the essence of the gospel message to us. One of the greatest sermons, if not the greatest sermon, ever preached. It's Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said this, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peace. Makers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I look at those and I think, wow, how timely, how timely a message straight from Christ for this world today. And for us as believers today. Look at verse 11, please. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Christ.
Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I don't want to be the kind of salt that has to be thrown out. How about you? I don't want to discredit my witness for Christ. I don't want to undermine my witness for Christ. I don't want to be thrown out like the salt. I want to be a flavorful salt full of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is worth something that adds value to the life of someone else. Look at verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. That says to me, if I'm truly in relationship with Jesus Christ and I am trying to live for him and cultivate that relationship, I can't hide it if I want to, nor do I want to. Neither do people give a lamp and put it under a bowl. That's where we get that song, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. I want to tell you this morning, put your light on your stand. Keep it there. In the same way, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We mentioned Tuesday's table a few minutes ago. Why do we do Tuesday's table? The answer is verse 16. To let our light shine before others that they may see their good deeds and then it glorifies God who is in heaven. That's the kind of things that we need to be doing as we're speaking the truth and living the truth. So I say to us this morning, let's have the courage to be more like Christ. Let's have the courage to advance Christ's agenda in this world. Right now, there are a lot of different agendas. There are competing agendas and philosophies in this world, but there's only one true agenda that is worth advancing, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we have the courage to be used by God to impact another's life for Christ. And what a beautiful thing to think about if you or I make an impact on one person for Christ, that in turn impacts that whole family in some way or another. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Somebody won my grandparents to the Lord. I don't really know who that is, but it impacts me now, doesn't it? May we have the courage to make an impact 
on somebody else's life, knowing that that one person that we might bless, that one person we might show Christ to, it's going to help so many more than just that one. It's a beautiful thought this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Praise team, come and they're going to sing for us while we pray. Just take a few moments and let's pray together this morning. Let's ask the Lord to help us during these unique, challenging times in which we live. Ask God to give us courage to be like Esther and to play our part and to play our role in building the kingdom of God. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, help us to be reminded today of the hope in Jesus Christ, all of the hope that we talked about and sang about and and experienced the last couple of months here at NCOG. But now, Lord, let that hope cause us to take courage, a godly courage to be salt and light in this world around us, a godly courage to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, a godly courage to speak the truth in love, a godly courage to live out the principles that we saw this morning in the Beatitudes and knowing there's such a blessing in those principles and a godly courage to stand firm in opposition and persecution and to be reminded as as Jesus told us here, the prophets Those before us came against those same things, but yet they were blessed and yet they were victorious. God, give your church courage and compassion for this world around us and encourage our hearts and our minds before we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna tell you this morning, the altar is open for you. You want to come and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you want to come for a special prayer, the altar is open for that if you would like to come this morning. Otherwise, pray and worship.